In this episode, we're talking with Damian Lupo, a professional real estate investor, serial entrepreneur, and best-selling author who focuses on helping people achieve financial freedom through qualified retirement plans. Damian's goal is to take money out of Wall Street and put it into Main Street. I'm your host, Matthew Ma, and welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Excited to talk to you with you, Damon. How's it going? It's good, Matthew. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about what we're going to dive into. Cool. So I was taking a look and, you know, I really want to learn more about what you're doing. Uh, what's EQRP all about and like, how does that help with financial freedom? And like, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, here, here's the, here's the deal in America, the average person has three things that they're, they're really going to count on down the road. They're, they're, they have their house equity, which they're probably mm-hmm. not going to be able to use because they're going to be living in it. They've got their retirement account and they have social security. We know social security is a joke and it's basically not going to pay much. So you're really relying for most people a big chunk of their future is their retirement accounts. And unfortunately, most people have by default put all that money into the stock market and they don't really think that there's any other options because they were never told by Wall Street that they could actually take it out and put it into Main Street and real estate. And so we get to spend to every day, talk to people and, and help them get their money out of Wall Street and put it into Main Street and actually have control of their, their financial future and truly become financially free. Because you don't, just having a, your, your, a pile of money at, at 60 years old in this, in the stock market doesn't really create any financial freedom. It's more, more mostly financial stress. I agree with you. I think it's a lot of stress, especially now when you see like the stock market, the crypto and everything crashing, it's like, wow. And I think throughout time, like we learn about stock market, but we don't learn how to take control of our own money and manage it. And I think that's on purpose. You know, the, the system is set up to basically tell us we're too stupid to be able to run our financial lives. Hey, this is complicated. You, you, we, we hear this all the time. This is complicated. You need a PhD and you need all of us specialty people at Goldman Sachs or, or wherever else running your money because we know what we're doing. And when you really dive deep, what they know how to do is charge you fees and they don't really know how to do anything else very well. And so that that's the messaging we've been trained to think is true. And the, and the truth is that nobody's going to care about your money more than you are and nobody's going to protect it and do the right things better than you will. You just have to have that, that, that belief in yourself and the confidence. And that's, that's what shows like this are all about. It's about giving people options and, and, and sharing some confidence that you can actually do this. You don't need to have somebody raping and pillaging you until death do you part. Yeah. And what do you think about this too? Like um, even for me, like when I started uh, in, you know, I started building my financial wealth when I you know, went to 16, I was doing it work, starting 18, getting things going and really building it up. But even I dealt with, you know, financial planners and things. But when I looked at end of the day, I saw all the fees going directly to them. I really didn't make anything in the beginning and they weren't really watching out for me. They said they would, but of course, when you're small fish compared to big fish, they don't have the time and energy to focus on you and grow your wealth, even though they sold me to, to go into it. And I get that for a few years, taking a look at it. But when I started investing in my own money and my own self in real estate, it just explodes because I'm, I'm in control now. And, and that's then the system is set up like that. When, when you say, look, I've got 20,000 or 50 or, or 200,000, you're, you don't have somebody looking out for you. You have somebody that's that's basically going to say, good, you, you're in our system and you're going to get our newsletter that's mass produced and you're going to be into a target date fund or you're going to be into some fund that has you and, and a thousand other people that are part of our billion dollars under management. You are not special. You're a, you're a line item on a spreadsheet and when you call them, you're annoying them. I mean, that's the reality of this stuff. And, and so you have to really think, what, what would it take for me to be important to somebody? It's either $100 million or you've got to start investing yourself and saying, okay, I'm important to me because I'm in charge and it's my money. So you have to decide which direction you're going to go. For most of us, we're not walking into an advisor and saying, here's $100 million. And honestly, most advisors, it wouldn't make any difference because they're not going to do anything different with you. They're just going to have a bigger fee structure. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. 
So how do people start learning to control their own wealth, manage it, and who do they work with to really build that financial freedom? Well, it's interesting because learning how to manage your money is really not going to a financial advisor. Financial advisors are typically, and I'm talking most of the industry, is they're salespeople. And if you ask them, how, how are you investing? What they'll tell you and how do you make money? It's not from their investments. It's from their commissions. It's, mm-hmm. And so how, how do you learn? Well, you're probably not going to go to your financial, the, the financial advisor and ask them for a wealth strategy. You're going to have to figure this out through reading books, by going to seminars, by, ta- by becoming a part of masterminds and owning it. What, what people tend to do with, with financial advisors is abdicate responsibility. They're saying, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't get it. So I'm going to hand my money over. We see this all the time. When somebody comes to us and says, I'm interested in learning more, but I need to talk to my financial advisor. I go, what do you think your financial advisor is going to say that you should take your money and go run it? They're going to say, no, that's too dangerous. That's scary. Keep it with us. Like there's a, there's a misalignment of interests. So when you, when you, what I like is I like financial advisors that charge like a flat fee and they say, I'm going to give you advice and I'm, I'm going to give you advice about all sorts of different things. And they actually have what I, my favorite Matthew is people that are living it the way that they're telling you to do it. So, you know, they're out there investing the exact same way you are and they're making their money with their investments. That's incredibly unusual. Most of them are just selling whatever their company told them to sell. And then you're just the recipient of their, their dogma or their marketing. You're not really getting an in-depth analysis of somebody that's really out there creating investments or, or you know, building wealth through investing. It's just selling. So you have to be clear on what the truth is. Yeah, and I do like the fact that there are some people out there, some advisors who are out there who are trying to help you. They actually have a flat fee structure, regardless of the money you're putting in. But I like that in a point, and they have proof of concept in what they're doing themselves and what their clients have been doing and what's working for them based on risk tolerance. I do like that fact because even when I talked to some people before, they're like, okay, after all the fee structures and everything, the break-even point was like many years up to 15 years later. I'm like, why would I take that kind of risk or 15 years later to break even? That's pointless. I, in 15 years, you know, imagine how much I can do and learn to do it myself. Well, it's, it's a good point. And, and John Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, who passed away not too long ago, made a comment that really pissed a lot of people on Wall Street off. He said, there's something wrong with the system where you have the risk that's taken on. The, the, the individual risks 100% of the money and they end up with 20% of the actual reward. The other 80% goes to the institutions and to the tax entities the government. And he said, there's something wrong with that. Why, mm-hmm. why, why is the person that's risking all the money not getting a bigger percentage and most of it? And it was because the system is set up to feed off of the people. And, and so you, you, you just have to start looking at the truth of that stuff. And when you really, the problem is if you actually look at this and you have enough data and you, you know, 20, 30 years has gone by, it's too late. You're like, Oh dang, I'm only making 3% after all the fees and all the other stuff. And you can't really, you have to think about it and you have to go deeper than just the sales brochure you have to say, okay, I'm going to go create my investments. I'm going to go, I'm going to learn how to do this and be an active one. Like you, you have to, you can be passive actively. And that's, that's kind of a strange concept because people say, well, I, I want to have passive income. Well, that's like saying, I'm going to have passive sex. Like your partner is <laughs> going to leave you. Like you got to be active. Like you got to get engaged. And, and, and people say, well, okay, you know, so what do I need to do? Because I want freedom. Well, there is freedom. If you have confidence, you're never going to be free if you're scared because you have no idea what's going on. That's not freedom. That's terror. People show up all the time and they say, I got a couple of million dollars. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just want to have a passive investment. And I go, you're always going to be on the edge of a Bernie Madoff event because you're not going to know what you're looking at. So you have to be willing to engage. If you actually want financial freedom, you have to say, okay, I'm going to be an active participant. And my lover, my money, you should love your money and your money will love you back if you take care of it. 
um, you know, it works together that way. You can't just say, I'm going to passively hope it works out. Smoking hopium is not a good strategy. Yeah, I think a lot of people out there, they like have this money and I just want to get rid of it. I don't want to deal with it. I want passive management. I don't know what to do. I don't want to research it. I don't want to learn about it. I just want to give it to someone I can find and trust. So I just go quickly interview a couple of people. But a lot of those people you interview are just here to sell you. Like, give me your money. I'll manage it. I'll take care of it. I'll make you a lot of money. And then they go off and go to the next person. Great. How did you really help me? That, that's exactly what our system is. And you ask yeah. them what they're doing and they go, what? Well, I, I, I can tell you, but I, I'm busy right now. I'm golfing. Yeah. Like, Why are you golfing? Why aren't you managing my money? Well, the exactly. whole point is they have systems and, and their, their job is to sell you on their system so that they have the free time. So they're actually doing it the right way. They're, they're creating passive income actively. Yeah. So they are. It's working for them. Exactly. It's working for them. How about you? And I see the fact some people mentioned, oh yeah, we have a system. We put your money in. We have an automatic rebalancing tool for you. So all it does is just rebalance based on your risk factors and that's it. And like, so you really manage my money by just putting in a system, letting it rebalance itself and you figure it out based on my risk tolerance. Great. That's not really control. You know, it's, and- it's not control and it's, it's, it's really not diversifying. That's one of the things people say, well, I'm, I'm diversified. And I say, you're in one asset class. Mm-hmm. And they say, what do you mean? I mean, I'm in different stocks and I've got different mutual funds. I've got mutual funds of mutual funds. And I laugh and I go, you're still all in paper. And it's, it's something that you can't control. You can't connect with reality. If you go in and you're investing in an apartment, whether it's a syndication with other people or an individual deal you do, you get to go touch that thing. You get to talk with the operators. You have the potential to influence the, the profit and, and the exit. All sorts of, it's totally different. And it's a different asset class. You know, there's, there's crypto and there's gold and there's private placement. There's all these things. And what advisors want to do is keep you in the things that they can make fees off of very easily, which is why paper is the most touted thing in the financial advisory space that there is because it's easy for them to make money. So let's talk about that. So when you start looking at the real estate space, the syndications, the real estate funds, the REITs, and you think about like, okay, these things that you just mentioned at first are real assets and you have some sorts of control, even as a limited partner, you can talk to your general partners and the managers and say, hey, this real asset class, I see it physically, I can touch it. What are you doing with it? Are you going to, how are you fixing it up? How are you adding value? How are you increasing rents? How are you going to resell this? How is the cost segregation, the, the depreciation, how does that directly affect me and my money? And plus, by the way, I put in X dollar amounts and you know, you're still going to have a voice because you're a part of this. And the goal for a managing partner is to help you build wealth so they can help you build the wealth on the next property as well. But in paper, it's paper. You're just a number again. Well, I, I think that's one of the, the values. And, and when you're investing, part of your job is to grow as an investor. If you hand your money over, and, and one of the things people think is they think, if I'm doing real estate, I, like I can go buy a REIT with my financial advisor and I'm in real estate. You're not really in, you're in a paper sanitized product that is so chlorinated. It's so, it's, it, there's, there's nothing left. You, you really, if, if you want to do well, you've got to be where, where wealthy people invest, unless you've got billions and billions of dollars, then you're just, I mean, you have to figure out how to process billions. But for most of us, you make money and you create bigger wealth by going directly to investments, the private placements where you are in connection with the operators. What very few people do, though, is take advantage of the opportunity to learn. And that's what you're just talking about. You can actually go out there and you can understand all the, the components, the taxing structures and how to value add and how to create. And that, that makes you a better, smarter investor for your future deals. And also potentially it gives you the ability to do deals on your own. But the, it's just it's going back to being an active participant and and I, I, unfortunately, there's a spin on real estate. It's called, it's called a REIT. And that's where the financial system wants you to invest in, something where they can get those fees again. And it doesn't mean that going into a syndication doesn't require fees. You just actually understand what the fees are. Whereas with Wall Street, you have no idea what the fees are because there's so many of, of them are hidden. And they're legally hidden. 
and that's that's what's scary. Like when you really, if you were to go behind the curtain and see what's actually happening, you would realize that there's all sorts of of it's like black box trading. I mean, read read any of Michael Lewis's books, and you'll start realizing that the financial system is is set up to just prey on you when you don't even know what's happening. Yeah, even yeah, even for reads I hear, uh, you know, news and uh, legislation where they're trying to to kind of hurt the syndicators out there who are actually, you know, operators focusing on these small mom and pops and building wealth for everyone else there. They actually want to try to knock it out, right? So they can just focus on the financial institution, Wall Street all over again. That There's legislation that was brought up. And so basically the way that Congress works, and I've had some pretty intimate experiences with Congress and over the years, they, they basically have legislation that's sitting. It's a pile of different bills that they can bring up. And it's really just a timing thing when they're going to bring them up, but they're all written more or less ready to go. And so we saw there was an exposure to some of that legislation last fall in the fall of 2021. And it was really about reorganizing people's ability through IRAs on what they can and can't invest in. And one of the things that they want to do, Congress wants to do, and I say Congress, what I'm meeting is Wall Street through Congress, is they want to restrict the ability for people that are using IRAs to invest in anything other than Wall Street stuff. So if it's an <laughs> LLC, they want to say, nope, that's illegal. That was in the bill. It was part of the bill that did not pass under the Biden administration. They wanted to restrict it. So basically IRAs were stuck buying stocks and that's good for Wall Street. It's bad for people that actually want to invest in real stuff and in Main Street. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means it's coming. It means the IRAs are under attack. And, and so you have to start thinking, well, what, what are the other options? And so if IRAs aren't your friend and you've got to do some type of retirement planning, then what, you know, what we do with EQRP may be a way better option because it's not under attack by Wall Street. Wall Street is going after IRAs. No doubt they want that money back in their system. Exactly. I think they, yeah, they want full control of the system. They're going to figure out how to make it work. They're going to create legislation, take the money back. And that, that's for Wall Street to really, you know, have control and make their money. And that's not fair because like we, as people who are working hard for this money, should figure out how to control it, figure out how to reduce our taxes and to be able to invest in what we want to invest, you know? And and that's the way that the, the rules are set up that you do have these options. But when you, when you typically go and you, you say, okay, I want to, I want a 401k or, or something. What happens is Wall Street has structured that particular type of 401k and they say, here's what you can do. And they don't actually tell you all the options. They just limit it and restrict you. And that, I mean, it's self-interest. So we all have self-interest. We're, we're all, you know, we, we all have a thinking around what's best for us. And so nothing against people that are financial advisors or Wall Street. They're just mm-hmm. understand they're, they're in it for them. They're not in it for you. Wall Street is not trying to figure out how to make you rich. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. I don't think they want to make everyone rich. They, they can build it for, for themselves, right? And keep hold it for themselves and control that managing asset. So can you tell me, let's talk about this too. Like, okay, well, can you tell our audience, like what's the difference in a high level? What's the difference between a 401k IRA, self-directed IRA, EQRP, and how do they work? And how can I use that money to invest in real estate? So all, all the different retirement accounts are really just tax shelters. They're, mm-hmm. they're a structure that the government built and said, hey, back in the 1970s, they, they wanted to start shifting money away from pensions because it was too big of a liability to companies. So back, ERISA was set up so that people could start taking money. Companies were on the hook for 20 or 30 or 50 years. And it allowed people to start putting money into a tax shelter so they could invest it. And the government also knew that they weren't going to have enough cash to be able to support people with social security. So you, they started building and they built this framework and it, it allowed people to go out there and invest. Well, Wall Street started offering 401ks and and that, that basically started people putting money into stocks. Mostly it started with bonds and then it went into stocks. And so this is where most people are defaulting. They're, they're going into some time, some, some time type of uh, ETF or something where basically 
they're going to invest for the next 30 years inside of a 401k. And that's where most people start and stop. And, and then ultimately when people leave their, their jobs, they end up with this 401k and, and they decide they're going to keep it there or they're going to move it to an IRA. That's the most common thing. And then some people will end up setting up an IRA. These are the default things that most people do because that's what they see with Schwab or with Fidelity, or it's kind of just the, the big marketing. And what they don't tell you with Schwab and Fidelity, they don't actually tell you that you can do what you said, which is called self-directed, which means you can choose the things you're invested in. And so all of a sudden people say, I can self-direct. This is amazing. And, and self-directing does not mean that you can pick a stock. That's what some of these companies will tell you. Oh, your, your account is self-directed. Just because you can pick a, a particular stock does not mean it's self-directed. That just means you can pick one of their crappy pieces of paper. So in reality, true self-directed means you can buy anything that's legal. So what's legal? Almost anything. I mean, you're, from a Jimmy John's shop to a Bitcoin to, to gold to, to apartments. And, and so you can do that with IRAs. You can do that with 401ks. And it depends on the type of IRA or 401k. Specifically, how did the company that set those things up build their, their documents? So IRAs, there's a custodian. And custodians tell you you can or can't do this. And they basically are a friction point of, it's a point of friction in the system, meaning you can't exactly have free reign with your stuff. And that's on purpose because the, the system was set up so the custodian kept you between the lines. So you weren't out there violating the rules. And, and then 401ks, similar, there's a trustee. The difference is with a 401k, specifically with an EQRP, you can actually be the trustee. You can be in charge, whether you're by yourself and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a solo operator or, or I'm a, I'm a, I have a side hustle, I'm doing Uber and I have a job. You can have it, you can be in control. You can also do this if you have a thousand employees and everybody gets control. In that case, with an EQRP, you're able to direct and choose anything that's legal meaning you can do the stocks, the bonds, the mutual funds. You can also do the Bitcoin. You can do the gold. You can do apartments. You can do beachfront property in Belize. And so can all of the employees. Like literally there's an option here. EQRP is the only way to do that when you, as you grow. There's all these other systems that are out there. They, they really restrict you. You either have to be small and never have any employees or you're stuck with stocks and mutual funds. So there's all these different like, high level. There's a lot of different ways to have your, your retirement accounts being used for a lot of things outside of mutual funds, you just have to get, you have to spend the time getting educated and saying, okay, what are, what are my goals? Am I trying to invest in things like real estate? And if I am, there's ways to do that tax-free forever. And, and people don't even realize that that's an option because quite frankly, most people don't even know. We have a lot of people, we have levels, we have C-level people like CFOs, COOs at, at companies like Chase, JP, Morgan, and the people there don't even realize that, that this is a thing, that it's even an option. So super smart people that are on Wall Street have no idea that these options are available because all they're doing is drinking their own Kool-Aid. So you have options. It's just that you're not really told about them until you watch a great show like this. Yeah, I get that too because like when I, I'm always learning about everything I can learn about just really taking it in. And when I first start, started, you know, when you're young, you start, you start with financial advisors, start talking to people, you start making money, you're working in tech, you're learning, right? And as you go along, you're like, wait, there has to be more than this. Like, why am I paying so much taxes? Why is my money being controlled like this? Why is it so low percentages? Why am I paying taxes on the low percentages and making nothing on at the end of the day? There has to be a better way. So you start diving in, you're learning, oh, self-directed IRS, what's that? How do I do that? Oh, EQRP, what's that? What's UBIT? And you start really being curious and when you start diving in and learning about these things it makes you like 
whoa, there's a better way. How come no one ever told me? Now I'm like digging deep into it and like, okay, this is better. How do I do it now? What's all the differences of between them? What's the best strategy for me and my portfolio? And how do I grow this at being a younger age? How do I grow this for the long term? And when you look at that and like, okay, and now you start finding the truth about it and like how you can invest. And many people when I see looking in corporate world, they're just stuck in the mindset. Okay, I'm working, I'm making good money whatever about taxes and um, my 401k, my retirement plans, whatever, it doesn't matter to me, right? Later at the end of the day, like that's all I have from all that work, what happened, right? Because it just, went by, time went by, you have kids, you get married, you're busy, COVID, and it goes by. But then the people out there who are learning and spending time to research like, hey, I want financial freedom. I want passive wealth. I want to see how these guys are doing it, how they're saving on taxes, how they're investing passively. And you start diving in, you're like, oh, okay, what's this about? So like, you know, um, some examples too, is like when you're working at a corporate job and you have a 401k, they have match plans, but you can't really turn that active 401k into a self-directed IRA because you're actively working there. But if you quit your job and then you have that 401k to roll over, you can move that 401k to like a self-directed IRA or EQRP, right? Yeah, that, and that's what most people end up. Uh, that's when they get introduced. They 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 realize when they're leaving their job, all of a mm -hmm. sudden they have this cash. What well, here's an interesting thing that I just had happen yesterday. I was talking with with a client, and uh, she's done some work with us, and and she was she was thinking about how like in her situation, she's got about half a million dollars sitting in a four hundred one k, and she's she's in her fifties, and she goes, I I just don't know if I want to leave yet. And I said, Well, why? And she said, Well you know, I make $120,000 a year. And, and I said, okay, so if you were to leave and you were able to get a hold of your half million dollars and be able to direct it and do stuff in real estate, there are lots and lots of opportunities to make 18, 20, 25% if you're active, if you're actually out there finding great deals or being a part of syndications that are great deals. So what she, what became obvious is she's basically working for free because if she was able to take a hold of her 401k money and direct it, it would be paying her about a hundred thousand dollars, pretty, pretty, pretty likely, versus she's making one hundred twenty thousand, which is active income, and so she'd actually be making more if she left and got a hold of that money. And I said, "So do you like working for free?" And she <laughs> said, "That's really crazy. I hadn't thought about that because that's most people's perspective. They don't look at their four hundred one k as any type of money. As it's, it's kind of like funny money, monopoly money. Mm -hmm. Reality is that that's actually a freedom. I mean, that 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 could be your ticket to leaving." But people disconnect from it being real. They think it's just this mystical thing that that maybe they'll be able to use down the road someday. And sometimes they're sitting on their their uh, Willy Wonka lottery ticket, and they just don't even realize they can cash it right now. And I think the reason being is that okay, you're 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 in a job, you're comfortable, you're comfortable, you don't want to change, and you don't want to spend energy learning because you're so busy and tired of everything going on. So then that's where the they they know that the culture of companies and are to keep you there. Uh, give you all the fun stuff to be there forever and then to take advantage of that to you know pay you a, substan a substantial amount but still at the end of the day you are nowhere near financial freedom because you never focused on building that up because they're just distracting you with everything else they need for themselves to build their wealth and financial freedom well it's it, you know it's, what's fascinating is that that's exactly right uh, one of the things that that I've done with with the company at the eqrp company we have a, a culture and part of part of the philosophy I have is that I don't want people being addicted to their income, their paycheck forever. Mm -hmm. I, I get that we all have, we all have needs. We all, you know, we need houses and we need food and all this kind of stuff. So part of, part of what we do is we have a, a plan, a 10 year plan to where anybody that starts here, 
can plan on not working for money or needing to work for money within 10 years. Meaning if you're, if you're still here in 10 years, you, you want to be here and, and you know, the money is, is a secondary thing. And that's a different philosophy because you're exactly right. Most companies do not want to have people get smart enough to not need to have that job. They want to have people that keep creating the, you know, keep creating for the company. And I love that. I just believe that people, my part of my job is to help people become free. So we, we invest a lot of energy and time, I, my own personal time in teaching people and then giving them opportunities to build the muscle because you can teach all you want, but if people don't build the muscle they're it's like looking at the gym. I know all about the gym, but I've actually never been in the door. So I'm still weak. I'm still Pee Wee Herman. Like that doesn't work. So it's really helping people get into the gym and then encouraging them and, and holding them accountable. And that's a different philosophy. Most people are never going to understand that because they're just taught to learn about the gym, but never go in the gym. Exactly. I, I learned that too. When I'm teaching my sales team about real estate, I'm like, you guys really, the number one goal is building your financial freedom, your wealth, learning how to invest for yourself, learning how to create passive, passive investing and become financially free. So you can choose to do what you want at the end of the day and help all the people who want that help and really understand how to build that generational wealth. Because at the end of the day, I hope we all give back as much as we can to our kids and family to build it and to be able to have lifestyles and learn anything they want without being stressed out about the, the financials to get there. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, part, part of the, the part of the legacy and part of the the um, the thing people think, well, what can I do? You know, I, I have so much, and what can I do for the poor or for the future people? You know, what? Don't if you want to help the poor, don't become poor. That is part of your job. And what do you want to do for the future? Make sure that you're you are sustainable and that you're financially free. That's the, that's one of the best things you can do because you're then you become a model. Like when I look back at my family, my entire my entire family, I mean, God love them. They're a bunch of financial train wrecks. They have no idea what they're doing financially and and so they're terrible models and and most of them have kids and they're training their kids to be financial train wrecks and i look at that and i i think and this is just depressing so you know your job is to get better so that you can lead other people to to be getting better and so i think that that's that's one of the things people miss out on they're just trying to get versus actually grow and then give yeah, I think really all of us, and you know, with the podcasting, educating, and the videos, it's like really creating financial literacy for people to understand that there are options out there, and the option is for you to go learn what you can do based on your risk tolerance and how you can help grow your family's wealth. And learning about this, like learning about four hundred one k, self directed IRAs, EQRP, it means a lot because a lot of people have everyone has four hundred one k or pension or something, some form of retirement at some level of you know amount, but really understanding how you can utilize it to invest. So like. How does a self-directed IRA work? And how, like we mentioned earlier, you can if you quit your job and you had a 401k and then you rolled it over, some people say, hey, I just rolled over to my new company. Great, you just gave me control again and you're locked in again. Right. But if you could take that money and now move it to self-directed IRA or EQRP, what happens at that point? Like how do you do it and what happens? So when, when, you, when you do it, I mean, there's, there's a process that a, a company will take you through and, and it's basically moving the money over tax-free, no penalty, just move it over. And then you have different levels of control. If you want the most control and the most flexibility and the least taxes, the EQRP is the answer. And the reason I say that, and, and this is you know, the facts are the facts, uh, you, can, you can have your own opinions, but you're not, you're not allowed to have your own facts. And so one of the facts is if you go invest in real estate using an IRA, you're likely going to get taxed while you have it in the IRA. It's, it's called UBIT tax. And an EQRP is allow you to invest in leveraged real estate and, not, and, and you're exempt from that tax. So you have very similar options the question is, how much pain are you willing to withstand? And a lot of times people say, well, the easiest thing for me to do is to have an IRA and it's free. And I laugh and I go, guess what? Nothing's free and you're going to pay for it. 
So you get what you pay for. And so if you want the thing that's not going to, I'll give you an example. If let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars and you invested in a real estate deal and you said, well, I'm rolling my money over from my job. I left my job. It's going into an IRA. This happens all the time. And people have that IRA money. And then somebody's doing a real estate deal and they say, oh, you've got an IRA. Invest it with me. So you do it. And then that hundred thousand turns into 200,000 over five years. Very common. This happens all the time. And then And then all of a sudden you get this bill from your accountant and it says you owe $25,000 for UBIT tax. And then the question is, what the heck is UBIT tax? Mm -hmm. And it's this, it's, it's called unrelated business income tax. And it gets triggered because there's leverage, there's debt that that real estate made a bunch of money because it was leveraged and people don't realize that that's coming. Whereas if they had, instead of rolling it into an IRA, if they had rolled that from a 401k into an EQRP, they did the same exact investment. They just used a different structure all of a sudden they get to have that $100,000 in profit and keep the whole thing. There's no UBIT tax because it's exempt. So big differences, you can do very similar things, but one of them is very painful and one of them is actually very liberating. Yeah. So for example, yeah, unrelated business uh, tax. So when you make the profit on the property and they sold it, you're getting hit because they had a loan on it. And most syndications, most deals have loans on it because they're, they want to leverage. So okay. then you unknowingly you get hit with that tax and because it's in an IRA account, it's a self-directed IRA. But when you move it to EQRP, which is a different structure, you're saying that you don't get taxed on it. And why is that formality? Like, why is that happening? So many years ago, the uh, lobbyists there, so everybody has lobbyists and, and the 401k and pension lobbyists are apparently just much better than the IRA lobbyists, or maybe the IRA companies didn't have it lobbyists. I don't know. But there's an exemption specifically under 401 is a section of the tax code that exempts leveraged real estate from, from UBIT tax. And that's just for 401ks and pension plans. EQRP is a type of 401k. And IRAs are under section 408. They are not exempt. They get killed with it. So it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's money, is, money makes the rules. And, and the lobbyists um, basically had that rule changed or, you know, it, it, it's, it's just specific. Uh, IRAs did not have it changed. And I kind of doubt that that's ever going to happen. It's not something that's a high priority. In fact, the opposite is happening. Congress is going after IRAs because they have a lot of people that are giving them a lot of checks from, you know, their, their campaign contributors from Wall Street saying, hey, we want this money out of the IRAs into Wall Street. And, and so I don't think that they're about to say, hey, IRAs, we're going to help you into <laughs> real estate. Like that is not going to happen. Yeah, I see. That's very true. So what happens if you're, let's say people are currently in a self-directed IRA, can they move that to EQRP? Yeah, if you have a self-directed IRA, a lot of people will take their their cash and their investments out of the self-directed IRA and roll it over. It's not taxable. It's no penalty. In fact, Matthew, one of the cool things is when you have a self-directed IRA that's that's invested in real estate, people will call us and say, hey, my, my apartment is about to sell. They're going to sell it like next month and I'm going to get killed with UBIT tax because I heard you talking about this. We can move the asset over from the IRA into an EQRP before the asset sells and it's exempt. So they're not going to pay the tax. So this 15 minute process could easily save somebody 25, 50, hundred thousand dollars. And I mean, it's, it's crazy that people don't do it, but you know, everybody's busy and, and then you get your tax bill and you're thinking, I don't think I was that busy. I mean, if I had spent 15 minutes, I probably could have saved 25,000 minutes. We've had people that have come to us and said, I just got a bill for $400,000. If I had switched this before these apartments sold, I would get to keep all of that. That's how brutal this is. Taxes are optional. So let's go over, over that one more time. For example, I want everyone to hear this. So you're telling me, for example, um, I have 100K in a syndication and I am a self-directed IRA. 
and they sell the property and I made a hundred K net profit. And because I'm a self-directed IRA, I'm going to get taxed on, and let's just use an example, 25%. So I'm going to pay $25,000 in taxes now. But if I called you and I said, Hey, I have a self-directed IRA, the property's going to close next month on June, let's June 30th, right? Can I move my self-directed IRA to EQRP? And by doing that before the close of escrow, and it takes about 15 minutes or so, and everyone does all the paperwork and transfers over. Now my money is in EQRP. They sell the property at the end of the month. I don't have to pay that twenty five thousand dollars in taxes now because I, I avoided UBIT. That's it. That's correct. There is there. It's exempt. There is no UBIT tax from the leveraged real estate. So yeah, that that one decision. I mean, you think about that, and that happens every deal you do. Mm-hmm. So it, you just you compound against yourself. It's like having credit card debt. It just compounds against you if you if you have the wrong self directed IRAs are basically like having a credit card that's maxed out. That's how painful it is over time when you're doing syndications. It makes absolutely no sense if you can have an EQRP versus having a self-directed IRA, why you would ever have a self-directed IRA investing in real estate. It's like literally the dumbest thing. I'm not saying it's stupid if you didn't know better. I'm saying it's stupid when you did know better. And as soon as you know better, you, you got to do better. And that's, that's picking the thing that doesn't get taxed. And I think the reason being is this, because, you know, like, like anything, it's all about marketing and branding. How much do we know about EQRPs? How much do we know about self-directed IRAs? How much do we know about pensions and 401ks? We know a lot about these people, but how about these? We don't really know a lot. There's people who are speaking about it like you are telling everyone about it, and we need to scream louder so everyone hears it and has a choice to do what they want. But as long as they understand that, hey, here's some options. Talk to your financial professionals about it. Can you do that? And does it make sense? I think the syndicators out there need to take a look too. Hey, I need to understand more about everything for the better benefit of my clientele, my investors. Because if I understand these things and I see you coming in as an investor using self-direct IRA, I'm going to tell you to call Damien and talk to him about EQRP and say, does this make sense for you? Do you understand what it does and how it can help you with UBIT? No? Okay, talk to him about it. Talk to your CPA. Yes, that makes sense. Move your money before we sell a property because... Who wants you to pay taxes? The goal of syndications and investing is for everyone to not pay so much taxes. That, that it's 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 really crazy uh, that that people. I mean, un- unfortunately, people just kind of do whatever is the default. Mm-hmm. And people you know, live by default, not by design. Right. That's, that's right. Like, there's our lives are not meant to be a default life. Like that's called the matrix, where you just you go in, in a circle and and you know you're you're taking these pills and you're plugged in and, and everything tastes like a steak, even though you're eating mush. Like the, it, there, there is a, it's your responsibility to educate yourself and, and the IRA companies are going to tell you what's best for you for them. Mm-hmm. Meaning they're going to say, they're not going to say, go do something else somewhere else. They're going to say, here, you can do it here. Here, Matthew, one of the things that makes me crazy is, is syndicator sponsors, people that are putting the deals together. I've had, I had a conversation with, with one guy a couple of years ago and one of his investors was also a client of ours. And she said, Hey, I need to move my asset. I have it in, in an investment with him in an IRA. I need to move that over into my EQRP. And I said, yeah, good idea. Cause they were selling the property. And, and I said, all right, well, let me, I'm going to call him. Cause I'd been on a, on an event with him and I called him and I said, Hey, you have a lot of investors that have IRAs. They're about to get killed with UBIT tax. You know what his response to me was? <laughs> well, that's, that's their problem. Oh. And I thought, what an a-hole like this guy was so arrogant and he just, he couldn't be bothered. His investors paid millions of dollars in taxes because he was too much of a prick to tell them the truth and a little bit of work. And so I, I think it's a responsibility that everybody that has anybody else's money, your mm-hmm. job is to make sure you're doing everything possible to protect their money and grow it and avoid taxes, help them avoid taxes whenever possible. And if you take IRA money and you don't tell people about other options, 
you're setting them up to get hammered. And who does it? Who? And that hurts everybody. The only one yeah. that helps is the U.S. government. Why would you want to help the government giving them more money when you can do a better job with the money when you keep it? Imagine this. If you were to help your investors save money, save taxes, and show them proof of concept, you imagine how many friends you're going to tell about you and how you help them about your, your team of vendors who are helping you save taxes? They're going to scream, right? And say, wow, I cannot believe you just saved me that. This guy just cost me this much money, and you just saved me this much money. I'm going to invest my money with you because I know you're looking out for my best interest and helping me build my wealth for my family. That, that, that's called building relationships, and, and it's, it's, it's exactly true. And unfortunately, most people are thinking way too short-sighted. They're trying to get their, their quick kill, the, the quick thing, get in and out. And when you're, when you're really building relationships with people, you're doing the right thing all the time, every time. There's, there's not a, I'm going to try to, you know, I'll just do the right thing whenever it's convenient. There is no, there, there's no exception. It's always the right thing. And so, yeah, when, when you do the right thing by people, guess what? They tell other people and they keep coming back. When you, when you don't do the right thing one time, they're not going to, they're, they're not coming back. And they're also going to tell people, Hey, this is what happens when you invest with, with Joe Smith over here. It doesn't tell you, and then you get a big tax bill. So, I mean, you, if you want a long-term career, if you want to do, if you want to create real big wealth, you, you got to do the right thing. And, and part of that is, is spending a lot of time educating people and looking out for their best interest, even when they don't even know about it. Exactly. And I think like what they say, like, for example, you get one negative review, it, it just goes out. Everyone just tells everyone about it, the negative, they don't want to work with you. But when you have one, one good person, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of work. It takes you to earn each person's relationship one by one. But guess what? If you're in the long game, that's the best way to go because people will know who's good and who's here to watch out for you and help you and your family. And they're going to tell their people slowly over time. You'll earn that relationship with them. Yeah. Every, every, every um, overnight success story took 10 or 20 years to build up. It's, it's like, you know, everybody goes, wow, Justin Bieber overnight success. I'm like, the guy has been playing the guitar since he was four. So <laughs> by the time he's 16, he's been doing it for 12 years all the time. So it doesn't matter whether it's, it's, you know, you're tr- trying to sing um, at Madison square garden, or you want to do an investment, you know, you want to be a syndicator. The reality is you got to put the time in and the time is about the relationships. It's about you getting really great at something, becoming world-class and it's about serving people consistently and people trust over time. And th- th- I mean, if you want something to last, it's got to be something you, you invest in people over time and you keep showing up. I, I think uh, we've gotten to a point where society is about everything now, push button and it's all done. Mm-hmm. And so there's an impatience. And you know, when, you, when you're the person that keeps showing up, people see you year in, year out, over and over again. They go, you know what? You're going to be around here for a lot longer because you've already been around for the last three or four or five years. And that's hard. And you know what? Anything that's worth anything is hard. And it's, it's worth doing. Exactly. And I think, you know, one thing we want to know about this too, what are the six values that you find in finance that you live by? Well, I mean, there's, so I, I have, I have values. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest values I have is, is transparency. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a feeling that there's sunlight, fixes a lot of things, whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, financial scoundrels like Bernie Madoff, when you shed, when you shed light on things, there's, there's an opening and, and there's an old saying that the truth will set you free. And so I, I think that that's, that's one of the things that's most important being transparent. I, you know, for all of us, there's, there's being transparent with ourselves, like really looking at, at the truth. And one of the things that we mess up is we don't want to look at our numbers. We don't want to look at our, our money. We just hope it'll all work out. So we ignore it. And and I always tell people, you can find out everything you want to know if you look at your your three C's, your cash, your credit cards, and your calendar. And you can see everything about your life and you can actually design it if you're clear and you're really honest about it. 
and then you have it. Yeah. Once you're clear on, on your three C's where you're spending your time, where you're spending your cash and, and what's going on in your credit cards, then you have a, a chance to that. One of the other values is the 10 X philosophy. And I, I can tell you, Matthew, it's a way easier to go 10 X than it is two X in terms of your growth and your investing and everything else. 2x, you can basically drag along your past. You can say, okay, well, I'll tweak a little bit and I'm going to double my my net worth over the next decade. I'm going to expand it by two. You can just do the same crap you've been doing the last 20 years. Same thing. You want to 10x it, you've got to retool, rewire, and it helps you to see things you would have missed because you're in a tunnel. And so I think that being transparent, being honest about what's true, those values, and then having a 10x life philosophy, it helps you to shift you and to grow you. And that's I mean, 10X is a part of that. It leads into one of the other ones, which is growth. There's this, this idea that if you're not growing, you're dying. People, what's sad to me is people will say, I'm good. I'm like, you're not good. Yeah. You're growing or you're dying. Which one? You choose, but it can't be, I'm flat. The universe doesn't do flat. The universe does growing, expanding, or contracting. So you choose every day. What are you going to do? And I think a lot of people just, they're, they're exhausted and they're all chasing every shiny object. They're like a bunch of drunk squirrels chasing shiny nuts. And I mean, that's basically what a lot of social media is. And people are comparing their story to somebody's highlight reels. And they're saying, look at all this amazing stuff. And oh my gosh, I want to be like a Kardashian. I mean, nobody actually says that. They just like, <laughs> look at it. You know, they, they, but they do look at, at people's highlight reels and all the, the glitz and the glam instead of saying, okay, what does it take? Let me calm this thing down. What does it take? It takes hustle. It takes grind. It takes years of dedication and pain and growth and, and being honest about where you are. I mean, if you're honest about where you are and you're really clear about where you want to go and you say, okay, it's really big because that's my potential, all of a sudden the universe starts conspiring with you. And th- those are some of the key things. If you, if you want a life that you're proud of and you're not ashamed of, that you live without regret, you've got to start thinking about the truth today, the vision down the road, and really tapping into your potential. Otherwise, you are going to wake up one day with regret and you're going to say, oh, damn, I missed it. Yeah, I think all of us need to get out there and stop, you know, everyone out there, stop living by default, stop looking at social media and just scrolling through everything. You got to start building. If you're going to scroll through anything I, I learned, scroll through motivational value add stuff that help you with your financial literacy. Those things will help you. Scrolling through Kardashians and everything else, that doesn't help you. That just kills your time and sucks your energy. But if you look at all these motivational things, financial, how to build your wealth and create value and add to yourself and educate yourself, that's a really good Instagram feed to follow. That's what I'm working on, right? Like following that feed. And then how do people reach out to you? How do they learn more? How do they learn more about moving their self-directed IRA to EQRP, why it matters, and how do they connect with your team to really understand the process? Uh, best thing to do is, is to go and, and get a copy of the book. There's a, it's called the QRP book. You can go to qrpbook.com, get a copy of it, and, and really start educating yourself. I mean, our, our job is to educate you and then help you expand your ability. And, and, and that's what... That's what me and the team are here for. And, and sometimes it makes sense for you to, to have some type of EQRP. And sometimes it makes sense for you to say, I, this isn't for me, but it is for this some other person. Because part of our job and part of our growth is helping other people. We're not, you know, even though America is, is very much a focus on ind- rugged individualism, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, all this history, we, we are in this thing together. And the more you can help people and, and build up your community and your family and friends, that's, that's power. And that's, that's fulfillment. That's not just your success where you're rich on top of a mountain by yourself. So, so your job is, is to get more resources and learn about things that you're really not going to be told about in Kiplinger's or money or with the wall street journal or CNN or anything else. And, and dig in when you get the copy of the book, one of the things that'll happen is you'll get an immediate summary of the book. It'll be emailed to you. You'll be able to read that in 10 minutes. You can share it on your phone. So qrpbook.com 
get a copy of the book, get the report, share it with people and learn something new. And, and it might just change your life. Cool. How do people reach out to you, Damon? Uh, you can always, you can find me on LinkedIn, reach out, say, Hey, say, Hey, I saw you talking with Matthew. I'd love to connect. And here's what I got going on. And, and I would be happy to engage with you and, and see what I can do to help you with your life. Cool. Thank you so much for being on our show. For everyone out there, thank you guys for being on the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Hopefully you like it, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Thank you.